I am who I am. I'm not really crazy on like trying to define exactly what I am. It's really, I'm just like, I'm Joe. Joe, welcome to POVs. It's so fun. This is our first time meeting and I already feel like we're besties. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to dive into all the things that make you you. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give you a little something. For anyone watching, Joe just had his very first debut show here in New York. Very big deal. I heard it went so well. So I brought you some very TC yellow roses just to say congratulations. Thank you. I wish I could have been there. But I can't wait to see the videos. Thank you so much. That is so kind. Am I going to hold them like this? Oh yeah, the entire time. I want to start us off by diving right in. There are so many things I want to get to, but I like to start off with somewhat of a controversial question. So you ready? I guess so. Should children be exposed to different identities and sexualities in entertainment? Yes. It can do nothing but open their eyes to all the different all the different people in the world. We're all here on this earth together and you're gonna see people eventually, whether it's in media or at the airport or at the mall, the more you're exposed to it and you see how everyone is on their own journey, living their own life and following their own dreams and their passions, like we're all at her living our lives. And I think it's important to see that other people exist Absolutely. that might be different than you. Absolutely. That's what our platform is all about. And the reason I bring it up is because right now in the news and in the media, we're seeing so many things come up around what children should be taught or exposed to, Mm -hmm. whether it be in the classroom, on a screen. I even saw that there was a movie theater in Oklahoma that put up warning signs all over a movie theater when the new Toy Story movie came out to warn of a same-sex kiss. Oh my goodness. So what's your take on that perspective of people who really don't think children should be exposed? There's just some fear there in some way. I don't don't know what they're scared of. Um, It's not like we're trying to make them feel that way. People have very deeply rooted belief systems that they, you know, either grew up with or it's part of their religion. You know, you can't fault them for that. We all have the environments that we grew up in. We are all shaped by what came before us. From what I know about you, you're from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Yeah. You're a musical theater lover like me. Oh yeah. Um, How do you think your environment and your upbringing shaped your beliefs today? I grew up very Catholic. Uh, We went to church every Sunday. I could never pay attention. I was always just sort of like looking at the structures. I was just always looking for something else to focus on than whatever they were like droning on about. But uh, I loved the music in church and I, I grew up listening to my dad sing in church and that was definitely important to me. And like I played and sang at a church in college. That was my job on the weekends was I would play and sing at church. And I, I'm appreciative of the values that I think I gathered by going to church and growing up in that religion. Will I choose to continue practicing that religion in the future? I, I can't say I will. As you were growing up, was the Catholic church accepting of mm. all types of people? My Catholic church, we just, it wasn't really discussed, I would say. What about your family? Do you feel like you grew up in an, a supportive environment? To what extent did your family help shape your views today? My family's always been so supportive. I do think the religion did have a bit of a, a rough effect on my parents, right? Like when I first started exploring, like, I think I might be a little gay. <laughs> like, uh, and I, I they, they had a, a moment of just like, uh, you know, because of 
the religion and what they had grown up believing and practicing. Well, that was a little bit of a rough moment, but they've come so far. They've had such a journey and they couldn't be more supportive now. So it's, it's, so it's great. been great. And the siblings have always yeah. had my back. Amazing. Do you feel like your parents' relationship with Catholicism also strayed apart after you came out? No, they they still they still go to church every Sunday. They, I think they find a real uh, comfort in the routine of it all and the community. Religion. They, they've been doing it for a long time. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think there's something comforting in religion. It gives you a set of morals and values, but I tend to think that a lot of those can be out of date. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a conversation. But the morals and values, I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, I think totally. made us good people in, in some way. Absolutely. And were there any other pieces of your upbringing that led to your point of view on the world today? My mom has always just tried to be friends with everybody. And sometimes that can be not so great because you end up bending over backwards to please people that like you don't even like. But I do think it's been a good thing for me to have is just sure. like, I really try to connect with people like right away. And So you're saying you are a people pleaser? Oh yeah. It's generational. 100%. Okay, I, I feel you on that. When do you feel like you started realizing that about yourself? Are you at a stage now where you're kind of trying to revert away from those tendencies? What does that look like for you? Yeah, um, I feel I feel like in middle school was when I first heard the term people pleaser and it was from a friend group that I was like sort of having a falling out with at the time. You know, we have, we have phases of, of friend groups, right? And I remember hearing the term people pleaser and I just thought and I was like, oh, that, that would be me. That would be me. I am definitely always trying to make sure everyone's happy and pleased with me. And now in my life, I'm definitely trying to find a balance, not necessarily revert away from it. I don't think it's a horrible thing, a horrible quality to have, but just for my own sanity and my own spirit, I think it's so important to have boundaries and understand where you stand with people Absolutely. and how much you're gonna let them into your life. I think a part of circle. growing up is like learning how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. I still very much struggle with boundaries, but we're getting through we're, it. We're learning and growing all the time. Always. <laughs> Did you see a lot of queer representation in media and in entertainment growing up? I feel like the most notable ones were like on Smash. Um, Smash. Even though I don't think they were portrayed by actual LGBTQ plus people, which is funny because it's a show all about theater people, right? They had such a pull of people they could right. have had, right? And then on Glee um, with uh, Kurt Hummel and Blaine, I loved them. Me too. Okay, so you did see I, I yourself saw some. on screen. I don't know if I was really identifying as queer at that time though. I, I was still, I was a little bit later on that coming out journey. So I don't know what I was really looking for on screen, yeah. but I I certainly related to those characters. <laughs> for sure. When do you remember the first time coming out or coming to terms with your sexuality? I feel like in high school, probably it was when I started like really talking about it with certain friends that maybe were catching on to things and maybe prying a little bit. But I dated uh, women for a long time. And I actually like look back on those relationships with such a feeling of like, that wasn't like a phase. It wasn't a thing that I was putting on or masking my queerness. I always say like, I identify as bisexual because those were very real relationships that had very real feelings and real weight to them in my Absolutely. life at that time. It was what love is to me right now. And that's, that's my definition of love right now. That's and that's a great answer. Right. So that's what love was to me then. And right now I think 
it's it's interesting. I often am really thought of as gay, right? I'm playing a gay character. I'm right. dating a boy. And that's fine. Whatever. I'm I am gay. Yes, I'm dating a boy. But I'm also bisexual. I'm also queer. I, there's yeah. it's a spectrum. Do you feel like you've been put in a box? In some way, but I'm like, you know, I am who I am. I'm not really crazy on like trying to define exactly what I am. For sure. It's really I'm just like I'm Joe. Which I think is what we should all strive to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's interesting because when you see the way that you are portrayed in the world. You are known as Joe, one of the first openly gay characters mm -hmm. in the High School Musical franchise. Crazy. Do you feel like you were seeking out roles in this career in order to increase representation or to fill those <laughs> shoes? Or so that... I could have never dreamed of it. You know, I, I was just, I, I was going to school for theater. I thought I was gonna just go and like work in theater. Once this all happened, it was it was a whirlwind and I understood the weight of it. And obviously it was like, well, yeah, but I'm gonna do it because yeah. I identify with this character and I'm proud to tell these stories and be a part of that representation. But do you feel like that label was thrust upon you in trying to be a trailblazer or one of the first when really you just wanted to be Joe? I guess in some ways. I mean, sure, they obviously are capitalizing on it. They they want everyone to know what they're achieving and as they should. I think it's so important and so amazing what we're doing and how far we've come. At the end of the day, like we're all just people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we're all doing we're all we all want love. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be ourselves. Absolutely. What parts of Seb do you identify with most? I mean, certainly the theater kid qualities. I feel like Seb honestly helped me step into my like pride of being queer in a way that I wasn't really before. Like, because he's like, yeah, I'm going to play Sharpay. I certainly would not have been that bold in high school. I think I... I like joked about it in college. Like I was like, oh, I want to audition for Joanna and Sweeney Todd because I can sing it. I was like, of course I'm not going to, but like. But why? Because I just didn't think it was going to be accepted by other people. I was like, well, I can't take the roles away from the girls. They have to have their roles. And my one of my best friends played it. So of course I was rooting for her. Seeing Seb like just being able to assert himself in that way and discover that about himself and almost find inspiration from Carlos as well with being so out loud and proud. Um, I feel like I was on that same journey with him. I think it's interesting that the character pushed you a little bit out of your shell or in a way made you reconcile pieces of the past. Like, yeah. Do you wish you could go back and change your journey at all or want to go out for those parts in high school? How does that make you reconcile kind of your experiences up to this point? I don't. I don't really have anything that I would like to go back and like redo. I feel like I've always just tried to be myself and do what I do. And I had such a good time in high school. I loved dating those girls. I loved the roles I was playing. It was, it was great. It was awesome. Do you think there will be a wave of more representation or people auditioning for different types of roles that aren't traditionally held by their gender yeah. in school plays? Like, how do you hope that Seb's character will make that impact? I hope that people will see that there really are no roles. Like, you really, if you want to do something, you can figure out a way to do it. You just have to figure it out and make a plan and go after it. How do you stay true to Joe and not what everyone else wants you to be? I think. It's all about just trying to stay present, practicing gratitude. I had my show on Sunday and I was watching back some videos of like me talking on the stage or like me dancing on the stage and singing or the way I was like moving. And I was like, wow, I am, I'm pretty fruity. Like he's, he's, he's pretty gay. <laughs> and I was like, 
I, I could be thinking about that and trying to like make sure that I am coming across a, a more like neutral way. That when I look back on that moment, I'm like, I was just so in the moment being present. I was just being myself. How do you take on that legacy and that pressure of wanting to increase representation while also just letting the world know that you're just Joe? Yeah, I think it's honestly in doing things like my show where I can really just show who I am outside of the high school musical world and outside of what you see in the press and, and doing things like this, where I can just be like, this is this what is you're me. getting, this <laughs> is it. In addition to saying, just be you, what else do you wish your younger self knew, knowing what you know now? You really have no idea what's gonna come at you, but you will always take it in stride and you'll grow from it. There is life beyond Bethel Park, your your little town and your world's gonna open up so wide. And I don't know, there's, there's so many people and things to be inspired by and grow with. Absolutely. The small town boy probably also really resonates with your character. Yeah, totally, 100%. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, going back to where we started, talking about children being exposed to different identities and sexualities on screen, mm -hmm. What would you want someone to know who may be listening to our conversation, who disagrees and really thinks that having increased access to people with different identities is actually harmful for kids? What would you want them to know and understand about your point of view? We're all people, we're all doing our best and we all want the same things. We all wanna be loved. We all want to do our job and do it well. It's not hurting anybody. I, I really don't understand the harm. Yeah, it's all about reaching that understanding, mm -hmm. right? And I like to think that people who maybe hold those ideas just don't have an experience in that area or know someone whose kid is That's, going through it. Or yeah. like, I, I am from a small city in the Midwest and. I think growing up, that was something that would have been taboo in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think that the more access we can give people yes. or connection to people who have those experiences, the more we can understand. And that's why representation is important. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Oh, so I'm so excited to take us to our next segment here on POVs, okay. where we're gonna send you some viewpoints from the larger Gen Z community. Right. So keep an eye on your phone, we're gonna send you some texts, and then you're gonna read them out loud and give your POV. I'm sorry, but Michigan musical theater kids are way too intense. You're in a college theater program, not going for a Tony. <laughs> okay, you did the Michigan musical theater program, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen the videos and the showcases. It's very intense. It's intense. What are your thoughts? I get it. I understand. It's a lot. Frankie makes fun of me. It's a cult. Go blue. They're passionate. We're passionate about what we do. And I think at the end of the day, that's why the program is so successful. The people that come from that program are killing it, like in all levels. If you want to knock them down, that's probably just your own jealousy. Sure. <laughs> and since when is being passionate a bad thing? Yeah, I love exactly. That you said that. I'm like, you know, you're probably passionate about something too. So absolutely, and it takes a lot like to that. get into that program. Yeah, so. I worked so hard. <laughs> I want to see your showcase at some point. Why does everyone treat swing state voters as the main character when it comes to elections? Americans in true red and blue states are just as important. Well, certainly they are, but it can go either way. Then obviously you're gonna want to try to give that place attention and sway it the way you want it to go, right? Totally. Are you a swing state voter? 
I think I'm, I think I've been in right? a blue state most of my life. Yeah. For a young person who may be voting for the first time, do you have any words of wisdom? Do your research, actually like look at what the candidates are representing. Great advice for someone who's voting to actually educate yourself yes. on what they're voting on. Uh -huh. Do you feel like you're able to have conversations with people who maybe vote differently than you? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important to like, you know, bridge that gap. I'm glad exactly. that that's something you're open to because I think nowadays a lot of people close themselves off to the possibility of someone yeah. else's point of view, but we don't have to change our own. I think we just need to be open uh -huh. to another person's experience. 100%. It shouldn't be a thing where traditionally male roles are played by women and vice versa. It's unfair to the creator and the source material. Uh, I guess if that creator is uninvolved, but in some ways I'm also like, the world is wide enough um, <laughs> to just like open our minds and see what else can happen with things. Like, I feel like changing the gender of um, Bobby and company to a woman was, it revealed so many like fun new colors in what that show is about, what it says about being 35 and single. Absolutely. And being surrounded by other couples. I love so, yeah. Bible. Yeah. How would you relate that POV to your experience playing Sharpay? I honestly wish we could have explored that fact of the show more. How would you have explored it if you could I don't know, like what did people think that Zeb wanted to play Sharpay? We never really got any like backlash, which is probably good. That's yeah. That's a good like, fact that like no one was mad about it on screen. I'd be interested to see like how, how that changed the story of like High School Musical. Did it, did it change it? Was it just how it was? Was it, was it just Seb playing Sharpay? What know. do you think? I mean, I someone think was who's just, closest to him. Yeah, like I didn't know, was it gonna be in drag? Was it gonna be in heels? It was a little androgynous. I think it's great to see what else can be found in a work by switching things up and seeing what else is there. Absolutely. Nice people never win in the end. I certainly understand where that's coming from. Okay, I think you do have to have some grit and some drive and you have to be willing to, you know, not worry about what other people are thinking, which is, I think, a thing that nice people worry about. Do you identify as the nice guy? Yes, 100%. Okay. And I think to get past that, you have to like push past that fear and maybe not be so nice to some people that might be not supporting you in the best way, right? But I'm a firm believer that what you put out comes back to you. And I think if you are nice to people, it's good karma. It's good karma. You have to be nice to people. Do you believe in manifesting? Yeah, of course. Okay. I love what you said. Put it out. It'll come back. It'll come back. Drag Race is just a ripoff of America's Next Top Model. Why are people acting like it's revolutionary? Who is saying that? Someone in our are community. Are you watching the show? I have not watched a lot of America's Next Top Model, but from what I've seen, it's a lot more of tearing people down than lifting them up. Yeah, and similar I think, format, I would say. Like I grew sure, up watching it. Sure, I didn't watch Drag Race till 20, 2019 probably. And I, my world, has changed so much from watching it. They are creating a whole entire character with so many different talent. I mean, it's it's amazing. If you watch Drag Race, it's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and maybe that person just hasn't watched. Yeah, they maybe they haven't watched. I've learned so much about like gender and expression. I've learned so much about what these queens have to go through to get to this spot. And it's it's groundbreaking. I, I, I you cannot compare the two. It's a completely huge art form that 
they are competing with Absolutely. on that show. And it's a different art form. Yes, that requires a lot of passion and hard work. And it's important for people to see that people are doing that. So <laughs> at the end of the day, they're different, but Drag Race is really revolutionary. Joe, drop a hot take. Do you really need to have candy in the theater with you? Do we really need to hear that crinkle rapper at the most quiet part of the show? There is quite literally nothing worse <laughs> than someone opening their candy in a movie at like a very dramatic emotional moment. That's the thing I'm like, why now that you have to get your M&M out? Would you ever say something to the person? No, sometimes I do. I do shoot a little look though. Yeah. What do you think the solution is? <laughs> like no food in the movie theater? I, I mean, at the movie theater, it's a little different. The sound is so like encapsulating, like we're all eating popcorn. Just sit there and enjoy it. I mean, that sounds so snobbish. I've also given someone a glare for that. Yeah. Because it always happens. And the talking, that talking really baffles me. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> that was a very necessary POV. And we got to find a way to make those environments less And if you want disruptive. to open your candy, like, I get it. It's nice to have a little a little munchy. But do it before. Show. Do it before or do it like during a big musical number where like, I'm not going to hear it. It's like the quietest moment. I always save it during the applause. Yes, exactly. Like be mindful of the people around you. Yeah. I am so grateful that I got an inside look into all of the things that brought you to where you are today. I mean, growing up in Pittsburgh, winding up now, giving your first solo debut show in New York. Mm -hmm. There's so much that got you to where you are. Mm -hmm. And you've learned so much along the way. So as a platform that's really dedicated to uplifting Gen Z, if you had one message for our entire generation that you could scream in a megaphone right now, what would it be? Be you and be nice. I get it. We all have our opinions about things and we wanna we wanna let them be known and, and share our hot takes. That's what this show is all about, right? But like when I see like negative talk about someone's art or someone's, you know, what someone's putting out there, it's really disappointing because like I said, we're all doing our best. So like root for each other. We're all here, just squirrels trying to get a nut is Absolutely. what Frankie always says. <laughs> it's amazing. But it's true. Yeah, we're all just on a big floating rock yes. in space. Why so, can't we just cheer each other on yeah, along the way? Each other. But what you said is so true, right? Deliver your thoughts in a way that just shows respect for other people. Yeah. And I think that's what and, we're missing. And remember that there is a real life person on the other side of that screen, if you're putting it on the internet. As a reminder that I know I needed to hear today. So Joe, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your POVs and I'm so excited to see what you do next. Thanks, I appreciate it. Bring it in. This is so fun. You're amazing. You're amazing. Before you go, can we take a selfie? Of course. Okay.